December 30th, 2012. That was the day I posted my first podcast interview ever. It was for a podcast that I no longer produce called The Good Word Podcast. It featured authors or writers who were members of the Restored Church. Since that time, I have produced podcasts for that show and for a group called Fair Mormon that produces web-based content that aspires to be faithful answers or to provide faithful answers to critical questions about the church. From there, I did some podcasting for LDS Perspectives interviewing some great scholars of the church. And for the last couple of years, I've also done podcasting for Book of Mormon Central. Since that first podcast episode at the end of 2012 till today, I have produced over 700 podcast episodes, a vast majority of which have been done with the hope of promoting the gospel, building faith. And now with Latter-day Saint Mission Cast, I always start out the episode to say that our job is to educate and inspire in the great cause of missionary work. To do the math on that for you, I've been podcasting for just about six years, which leaves me with an average of over 100 podcast episodes per year. Those podcast episodes have resulted in over 1.2 million downloads that I'm aware of. And I don't share this to brag or to toot my own horn, but to express to you, the listener, my deepest appreciation for your kindness and support over the years. I have received some kind notes over the years from people who have let me know that some of what I've produced has helped them stay in the church and find answers to difficult questions about their faith. But this is all done with the hope that people like you can listen and come closer to God. I recognize that you're giving of your precious time to listen to this podcast and, well, the content comes free to you in regards to money, your time has value, and I hope that listening to this podcast is a fair exchange for your time. I've thought about the goals that I've had for this podcast, and I think that it really comes down to this one overarching hope for everything I've tried to do since the beginning. I hope that people finish listening to one of my podcasts and are a better member of the church for it. One of the benefits of working this long in podcasting was I was able to develop contacts and gain the trust of various producers or promoters. And this trust would leave me the opportunity to interview people that I might not otherwise have been given the chance to interview. This was the case with an interview that I had with my time on LDS Perspectives podcast. Now, prior to the 2017 Christmas season, I was able to interview David Archuleta, who was a finalist with American Idol. He joined the podcast as part of the hashtag Light the World initiative. I was able to ask him many things about his life, but I wanted to share with you, the listeners here on Latter-day Saint Mission Cast, the parts of my interview with him that focused on his mission experiences. I share this interview with you in hopes that you will not only enjoy the interview, but you will also be able to find something from his experience that inspires you in your missionary efforts. I asked him about his life and about his missionary service in Rancagua, Chile, and the Light the World campaign was something that took place during Christmas time of 2017. So here now is a segment from my interview with American Idol star and return missionary, David Archuleta. So you, you've been home from your mission for how long now? It's been three and a half years now. Three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So you probably still remember this, but uh, how did they celebrate Christmas down there? 
Was it a big they, deal or, I mean, it's a big yeah, deal here. I think it was a big deal there as well. So usually they would have a dinner with their family and they would get the Christmas trees out as well there with the families. I don't remember as well because, you know, as a missionary, we're not just hanging around by sure. the Christmas tree, opening presents. <laughs> what was nice though is we got to sing a lot. We got to Christmas carol oh, yeah, <laughs> all the time, but not just Christmas carol, but deliver a message about Jesus Christ, which was which made Christmas all the more special. Right. Was that just as a mission experience, did people recognize you? There are times, you know, it, because I was still recently coming off of the this wave of releasing albums and being on TV a lot. There, When I was in the more developed areas, they definitely would come up and... Did that get you into some doors you wouldn't have otherwise gotten into? Yeah, it yeah. actually did. I always felt awkward because I didn't like attention anyway. Like even when I was... And pe- that's why people always say you picked the wrong career. <laughs> exactly. But it's, you know, I didn't pick this career necessarily. It just kind of happened. And so I just had to learn how to get used to the attention. And on my mission, while I didn't love the attention, I loved that I could be able, I could transition that attention to something else, sure. which was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was nice because a lot of times people would be like, I'm surprised that you would come here and that it is important enough to you that you would come to my country and come into my home to to teach this message when you could have done a lot of other things. And I think that stood out to people as well. The sacrifice. Yeah. And there are some people that were baptized and came into the church and I still hear from them and keep in touch with them. I wasn't always a part of their teaching time. I usually was just the one who introduced them to the LDS church and to the gospel of Jesus Christ or to an activity. And that was all I did. And so it was neat to know that they weren't just excited and kind of in the thrill of it by, oh, this person, I know who he is and he's coming into my home. It wasn't always about that. Yeah. It, it was it was nice to see that it really could just be an instrument, a segue into something that would be meaningful and change their lives. Yeah. Well, there's probably a few questions that I could ask that are only applicable to a limited few people on the planet. And you're probably one of them in the sense that I'm curious how a person that performed on national TV for 30 million people can get nervous doing like a door approach or a discussion on their mission. (laughs) Uh, I know they're different. Yeah, they are different. But yeah, I can see what you mean. Having 30 million people, sometimes you just had to get in this mindset where you just weren't even thinking because it was so nerve-wracking that you just had to learn how to basically disconnect yourself from everything and kind of just go on autopilot so that you wouldn't have to think about what you're actually doing. At least for me, is that's what I had to do because I was, I was a very shy person, very timid, and I didn't like attention, as I mentioned. So yeah. the fact of... I couldn't think about the fact that there are 30 million people watching or else... That's kind of hard to out. put out in mind, right? Or is it? I don't um, know. I've never done it. I so. think when you're in, when you're down to the wire and under the pressure and have no other option, you just then do you it. just learn how to do it. And yeah. I think the same thing was being a missionary. I mean, that wasn't really any easier. Well, I think, to be honest, putting them together side by side, American Idol was harder. A lot of people said, oh, the mission's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. A lot of people told me that, especially in the well, church. They never went on American Idol either. Yeah. I, and when I came back, I'm like, you know what? American Idol is the hardest thing I've ever done in my <laughs> life because I didn't have that 
spiritual support. I didn't have that purpose always in tune. I didn't have a companion there. I didn't have a mission president to give me the support and comfort that I needed. I wasn't I didn't have a lot of those things on American Idol. A lot of times it was a, it was a selfish place to be. Okay. And it was a place I think it was kind of almost abusive in a way <laughs> because so many people were there telling you what to do, getting upset with what you were doing wrong or whatever. And I, it just was a lot of pressure, especially for a 16-year-old. Yeah. A lot of attention. Sometimes it wasn't positive what people would do and what they would say. So, And, and it wasn't just me. Every single person on every contestant of my C's, at least – I'm sure it happens in other seasons as well, but every single person on my season had a nervous breakdown at one point or another. And it was that much. It, it really, it was a controlled environment. We couldn't just do whatever we wanted. We had to do what we were told. And that was hard as well, along with millions of people watching you. It just wasn't easy. Yeah. So, and it's kind of funny because, you know, again, we as viewers get some kind of a glamorized, very polished view of things. And, you know, I see things like, here's a guy that got 44 million votes that's as many votes as Bill Clinton got in 92 and he won the president. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you, you juxtapose that with the guy that is wearing a white shirt and tie and a black name tag walking down the street and who knows what weird foods you ate while you were down there um, and, and having all these unique experiences. Was there a point where you kind of had a mission moment where you said, gosh, why did I give up what I had to do this? Or was it never a doubt in your mind about going on a mission? I think what's interesting is I, I t it took me a while to be able to get on my mission. So if I was going on my mission, I really had to have a good reason why, because I was under contract. Mm. I had to find a way to have who I was under contract with, with 19 management and record label. I had to give them a good enough reason, and I had to be convinced myself enough of why I needed to do what I was doing so that they would have a, a reason to say, yes, we are willing to release you from this contract right. because before actually when I had brought it up about a mission and that young men do it to my then manager and when I was signed and making an album they said well you can't go because you are obligated to fulfill your contract and you've signed this you can't just walk away right. and say never mind and so it took me a couple years after that for me to talk it through with the people I worked with, with my mentors in the church, my bishop, my family, my friends, and really think, is this really something that I feel like I should do? And is it something that I feel like will benefit my, not just my personal journey or career journey, but my spiritual journey? Because that really is what matters the most. And I had to get that back into perspective yeah. to think about, yes, it, this could hurt my career, it could hurt where I'm going business-wise, financially, which are important things, especially if I'm looking in the future for family. But what about my spiritual journey? Yeah. And so it never came across my mind that, oh, it would have been better for me to stay. I, I just never had that because... Well, you went through that before you left, it sounds like. Before I left, yes. So when you got there, that was it. You were you were sold. <laughs> That's the right word. Yeah. And a lot of times there are a lot of miserable moments on your mission because you feel like, wow, I'm not good at this. I don't know no, how to I, teach. Absolutely. I don't know what to say to this person. And it's really hot and I'm and I don't know where to go. <laughs> and I'm tired. I haven't I'm not able to take naps and I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I still have to keep finding a way to see how I can deliver this to somebody and preach the most important thing I can preach to somebody. And I'm just so worn out and I can't even think straight. But yeah. that's a lot of times where you realize 
this is God's work because I still feel like God's with me. And I mean, sometimes you feel alone too. So, <laughs> I mean, you go through all of it. Yeah. But I ne- even feeling miserable and not feeling good enough, I still felt like that that's where I needed to be. Awesome. And I never regretted leaving because it's like, as miserable as I feel here, this just feels like, I don't know, I, I comparing the two, even compare when I put them side to side, even as miserable as I could feel on either side or great, the mission always outweighed what I had been through before. Awesome. I have interviewed scholars, filmmakers, musicians, the rank and file members of the church, and I consider myself to be an incredibly blessed person by the associations that I've made through podcasting and also the things that I've learned. The fun thing about this whole episode for me has been seeing the hand of the Lord in my podcasting efforts. I didn't go to school for broadcasting. I don't feel that I've been blessed with some definitive radio voice. Perhaps I've been blessed with a, a face for radio, maybe, but but this whole experience has come as a result of following simple promptings and putting my trust in the Lord. That was how my two-year proselyting mission came out, and that's how my two-year service mission came out with LDS Family Services, and that's how this podcast has come about. I have, as, as the scriptures state, had desires to serve God, and I have, in a matter of speaking, been called to this work. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that category of one who has desires to serve God too. I want to encourage you to follow that prompting, to have courage in your faith, and to go forward and share the gospel with others, either through your talents or through whatever way you feel inspired to do so. When you do, when you feel called to the work, send us an email. Let us know what you're doing and and how that's impacting your life. But I want to thank you for listening and thank you to those faithful listeners who have followed me from podcast to podcast throughout the years. Words cannot express to you my gratitude for your support. So stay tuned to Latter-day Saint Mission Cast. Next week's episode, we have an interview with Michael B., who's a stand-up comedian and a return missionary who has some incredible life stories to share, but uh, has some also some great missionary stories. We also have our interview coming up with New Testament scholar Tom Wayman, which I cannot wait to share with you. So thank you so much for your support of the Latter-day Saint Mission cast, and stay tuned for some great episodes coming in the future weeks. Mm-hmm.